You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. Father, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that has been in this place and confirmation of some of the things that you've been flowing through my spirit. I thank you for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place, Lord. I thank you and I thank you for the prophecy over this place, Lord, tonight. Even that our hearts will sing in these bones, dry bones that are sitting on these seats will be able to praise and to sing your praise because of a response to the Holy Spirit's fire tonight. And I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. And I ask, Lord, that I get completely out of the way and allow you to speak through my very being tonight, Father. It is a very high privilege to bring your word. And I thank you, Father. And put me out of it and put you there, Father, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I will thank you for it, Father. I looked into the dictionary for the meaning of the word diligence, and I think most of us know what diligence is. It means a caution or care, persevering application, devoted and painstaking application to accomplish an undertaking. The word diligent means it's characterized by steady, earnest, attentive and energetic application and effort in a pursuit, vocation, or a study. Not lackadaisical. Showing care and effort. My brother had a word of wisdom for me a long time ago. He said, Jane, if there's anything worth doing, it's worth sacrifice. If there's anything worth doing, it's worth sacrifice. How much have you sacrificed for praising the Lord tonight? I have some questions to ask that the Lord began to roll through my spirit, man. As I read, as I read and I wrote down the, the dictionary meaning of these words, and he said, ask these questions. How do you approach your relationship with God? Do you know him? Do you hang on every word he speaks? Is he your one and only? Do you consider him before yourself? Do you withhold yourself from him? Do you just suppose he will be there when you need him, taking him for granted? He has so many loving on him. Can't I get by with doing my own thing today? They say after you've been together so long that you can finish your loved one's sentence. Can you finish God's sentence? Do you know his word? Do you know enough about him when he begins to deal with you? Can you finish that statement? Are you so in love with him? Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? Right now, to the church, he is the bridegroom. 
He's preparing a place for the church. He's preparing a place for the church. In the old days when they espoused a lady, they went and they met the family, they paid the dowry, and they chose the bride, and they went back to the father's house to prepare a place for the bride to come to. And she didn't know how, what time, when, how, what, what she's going to have there, or what time, or anything of that sort. But she had to be ready when he came. She had to be ready. She had to be ready with diligence, with diligence. Do you want a life of joy, peace, and happiness, or a life of misery? Some people have just enough of God to be miserable. Half-hearted love brings a half-hearted relationship. Not doing maintenance in our relationship will cause the intensity to dwindle. We need to keep stoking the fire. We need to keep stoking the fire. Stoking the fire. Do you know what that is? How many of you are aware of a fireplace? To keep it going, you have to stoke the fire. <laughs> you have to keep putting something in there. You have to keep on giving. You have to be, keep on putting something in. Are we walking in apathy? The word apathy means to release our freedom from passion. Don't have any, any, any urge, any, anything. Excitement or emotion. Absence or lack of feeling. Emotion, entrance, interest or concern. We're just... Not ever putting forth any effort, not having any goal, not having any motive. How many of us have as a goal in our lives that, that call the Lord our Savior of presenting him to somebody today? Going to make an opportunity to give Jesus to somebody. I want you to know when you were dating, there couldn't be anybody that come up to you that you wasn't talking about the girl or guy that you're dating because you're so in love. You want everybody to know about like I am about my grandchildren. You don't want to see them. I used to just absolutely hate to see grandma was coming toward me because they was going to show me those pictures of those grandkids. Well, now if you want... If you want to talk just a little bit, just stop a little bit, and I'll tell you about my grandchildren. There's, there's, there's that. I, if I can get you to take inventory, if I can get you to take inventory, what is the most important thing of your life? What is the most important? What is the most precious possession that you have? The soul, your soul, is the most important thing that you have. What kind of maintenance do you do on that soul every day? What kind of maintenance do you do in your relationship with the Lord, with your soul? If you, you feed your body three meals a day and snacks in between, make sure you get that ice cream before you go to bed. But what do you do with your spirit man? It's a, it's a rude awakening to some of us. You use everything that you have to bring other people to Jesus. The pivot scripture I want to bring to you tonight is found in Proverbs 4, verse 23. If you will notice in any of my teaching, I have a lot of scripture. Don't I, Brother David? I gave him this whole long sheet. If we get through it, we'll get through it. If not, we'll sort of dance around a little bit. The, the verse 23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence. 
Why? For out of it is the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from you. Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. How many of you have ever tried to drive and look? If you're like me, you go wherever you're looking. And you weave this way and you weave that way. When you see, if, if I see anybody, and I did see y'all today and I waved it, if I see anybody that I know, it's, it's almost an accident because it's easy for me to, I've got to keep my eyes straight on the, on the road. But I like the, I don't know whether any of you like the Amplified Bible, I love the Amplified Bible, and I want to read this, this portion of scripture to you in the Amplified if you'll let me. It says, keep your heart with all vigi vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. Above all, you guard your spirit man, you guard your heart. Put away from you false and dishonest speech and willful and contrary talk put far from you. Let your eyes look right on with fixed purpose and let your gaze be straight before you. Consider well the path of your feet and let all your ways be established and ordered right. Turn not aside to the right hand or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. It's very easy for us to get sidetracked, especially these days. Very easy for us to get sidetracked. In 2 Peter, the first, uh, first chapter in one of the... Uh, studies that we do a lot around here. And this is the pivot scriptures 1 through 10. It talks about uh, having uh, obtained like precious faith with uh, us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ and that we be, the grace and peace be multiplied to us through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, or excellence. God has called us to excellence, to holiness and excellence. He's called us there. Uh, a lot of times we want to get by with mediocre, but uh, God has wanted our excellence. Whereby we are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, but that by these might, ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And then it says, besides this, giving all diligence. The Amplified says, make every effort. Make every effort to add to our faith. We have a measure of faith given to us, and so we're supposed to, to add. And by exercising, we're supposed to add to this faith. And it says, by exercising faith, we develop and we develop and we develop and we develop. Everything that we receive from God comes by faith. And we have to understand that these things come to us, not just, just automatically, but we walk by faith. We receive these things by faith. We, it, that faith develops these in us. And I like to think of these virtues as part of the fruit of the Spirit, the character of Jesus flowing through us. The knowledge of the Word of God will come in. And how, how many of you know who the Word is? Jesus is the Word. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. 
So Jesus is the Word. So when the Word gets in us, then here's Jesus. Hallelujah. And when the anointing of the Holy Spirit begins to work, the power of the Word through us by renewing our mind. How many of you know where the mind goes, the body follows? So when He renews our minds through the power of the Word, then it's not hard for us to develop all of these things. You says, I'll never be holy. I'll never be, I'll never be walking in excellence. Well, if that's what you want to say about yourself, then you won't ever get there because you're not exercising your faith in the Word of God that says these are yours to abide in. These are yours. He provides. Everything that he, that he said in, uh, in verse uh, 3, everything that pertains to life, that's living life, everything that even happens to even pertain to it, he's already given it to us. Everything that pertains to life and godliness, he's already given to us. So we have to understand that it takes by faith. By faith. By faith we receive these things from the Lord. Romans 12 and 11 says, Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. The Amplified says, Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. I'm telling you, Sunday, the fire of the Holy Ghost was in this place. The fire of the Holy Ghost was in this place. You may not believe it, but it was here. He was here. He was here. A burning. He wants to put a burning desire in us. He wants to put a passion within us that will cause us to look to Him before we'll do anything else. Look to Him before we'll go. Not put any idol before Him. Looking forward to Him. Looking toward Him. Not looking to the right or to the left, but looking for the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. We have a higher calling. It's not just to be just right here. It's, not, it's a higher calling to be a messenger of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, oh, I can't speak. God didn't call everybody to speak behind the pulpit. But He did call you to be witnesses. <laughs> Witness is telling what Jesus has done for you. Amen. And what he's done for you is done in a, a special way that it cannot compare to anybody else's because God's a personal God. Hebrews 6 and 11 and 12 says that you be not slothful or disinterested. Have you ever tried to talk to somebody about something that you're passionate about and they were just disinterested, looking off? Oh, no. How many times has the Lord tried to get to us by speaking to us? The words of the songs are written under the unctioning of the Holy Spirit. Those that lift up the name of Jesus and he's constantly trying to woo us unto him. Woo us unto him and we become so disinterested. We become so unconcerned and so full of apathy. Well, God, you're there, and I'll be back to see you later. God didn't want a date on Sunday morning. He wants a life lived. He wants 100%. 100% of the time he wants for us. He wants that in us. But we are to be not to be slothful, but followers of them through faith, who through faith and patience inherit the promises. We will inherit promises by faith and patience. How many of you know that when you get an inheritance, you have to wait till the person that's going to give it to you dies? How many of you know that the will has been written by Jesus? He's already dead. 
His will is alive. It's ready for us to walk in and partake. A life full. A life full. Not just little bitty dabs, sprinkle, 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 but it's full. He wants us to walk in the fullness of Him. He wants us to walk in the fullness of Him. He says in Colossians 4 and 2, continue in prayer and watch. How many of you know that we have to watch? Watch for your soul. Watch, watch against the power of the enemy. The Amplified says, be earnest and unwearied. The Bible talks about not be weary and well-doing. It says, be earnest and unwearied and steadfast in your prayer life, being both alert and intent in your praying with thanksgiving. Not just repetitional words, not just, you know, the same old, same old, going around and around and around. I will never forget when I was a little girl, I'd have little, little girlfriends to come home with me to spend the night. Sometimes I'd have as many as five in our house all weekend. And they knew when they come what to expect, but they kept coming. And uh, it was something because at nighttime, when we didn't go to church, everybody around in a circle, we had plenty of Bibles. Everybody had a Bible. And Dad selected a scripture, and we went around reading a scripture, a scripture, a scripture, a scripture. And then we had to get on our knees and pray. Well, my dad was not one of these, Lord, bless us tonight and give us a good night and have these girls be safe and da-da-da-da-da. Thank you, Lord. He was intent. He would pray, and he would pray, and he would pray. He would pray, he would pray, and he would pray. Some of those girls, it was the only time they got to hear someone in authority to pray over them. He would pray over them. And I think, oh, goodness, they're not ever going to come back to see me. They're not ever going to come back to see me. But they would come back, and they would come back, and they would come back. But we need to be unwearied and steadfast in our prayers because our prayers is what's holding this nation together. Our prayers is what's holding this nation together. Our prayers is what's going to bring our family in before Jesus comes. Jesus is coming. He's coming so soon. In 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, it says, Be sober. Be vigilant. Why? When you were serving the devil, you were a lover of the devil and his works, but you were an enemy of God. But when you became a Christian, what happened? The tables turned. You were a friend of God and the devil was your enemy. The word tells us to be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, he roams about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. In the Amplified, here I go again, Amplified it says, be well balanced, temperate, sober-minded. You know, the word talks about us being drunk on the cares of this life. Not on any other thing, but on the cares of this life. It's very easy to get over, overcharged this day and age. Very easy. Overscheduled, overextended, overwhelmed. It's very easy. It says, be well-balanced, temperate, sober-minded, be vigilant and cautious at all times for that enemy of yours, the devil. He has a name. He doesn't wear a red suit, have a forky tail, and have a pitchfork. He dresses in the best of his attire, and he comes to church more often than the most Christian does. But he roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger, 
seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Withstand him, be firm in faith against his own set. So our, our main weapon against him is faith. Rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined, knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. So these same sufferings, these same temptations is not just coming to you. It's all of our brothers all around the world, the same affliction. The Bible says there's no, no temptation that's not, come, uh, that's not common to man. Every temptation, the devil comes to us in three areas, the pride of life, the, pride of the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eye, the three areas that he can come to you in. That's the areas that he came to Jesus with. And what did Jesus fight the devil with? The word of God. If you don't know the word of God, then you have no, no shells in your gun. Nothing. Your knife is dull. You don't have anything. How many of you know that the word says the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword? It can slice the devil's knees out from underneath him just that quick. And he can't come against you when you use the power of the word of God, exercising that faith, developing that power of the Holy Spirit in you. 1 Corinthians 16 and 13 says, Watch ye, stand fast, quit you like men, be strong. Act like men and be courageous. How, how many of you know what courage is? What's courage? Facing your fear. Defeat brings failure. But when you are courageous and you face your fear in the face, then you are courageous. You're very courageous. There's not anybody that has rushed into a burning fire to get somebody that has said, oh, I think I'm going to take my life in my own hands. It's just that courage that will cause them to be quick and alert and do what they need to do, not be apathy. Well, I guess somebody's going to come and help. Immediate. Be courageous. Watch you and stand fast. Ephesians 6 and 10, how many of you are aware of um, what that's, that, ver that chapter is talking about? Armor of God, Brother Jerry, that's good. Be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. If, if, the, if the devil can get us angry with somebody in our household, If you can get us angry with somebody that we work with and we claim to be Christian and we be ungodly, that's exactly where he wants us to be. But we can know of assurance that God is with us if we will just yield to him and walk in the power of his might to overcome all of the things that the enemy would put into our lives. Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray. This is what Jesus was telling the disciples when they were in the Garden of Gethsemane with him and they, would, they went to sleep. Hmm. He said, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. There's a lot of times we want to do things. Sometimes we, we feel our need to do things. But then when it comes to stepping out in faith and going past our feelings or what you know, we feel like that might be our comfort zone, then we begin to be weak in our flesh. But we're not depending on flesh. When we're walking in the 
godly realm, we don't depend on flesh. Yes, the flesh is what's performing, but we don't depend on the flesh. We depend on the Spirit of the Lord. And that is how that we can say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, devil back up. In the name of Jesus, this and that. We can begin to speak to the storms in the name of Jesus and cause them to go up and cause no damage. We can do that. We can speak to the, the storm just like Jesus did. He gave us the power. He gave us the power to use his name. How are we walking in relationship with him? How are we in diligence following after him and doing the things that he would have us to do? There's a, a verse in 1 Corinthians 10 and 12. Sometimes we think, oh, well, we're so high. We're so far up in God that nothing can touch us. The word cautions us. Wherefore, he that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. We need to be very careful about the area of, of lifting ourselves up. I immediately begin to thank the Lord and to walk in him. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it says, Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I don't care what you do. If you do it as unto him, I was griping one day. Can you believe that I'd gripe? I was griping to the Lord one day. I was walking through the house, and people had left everything, you know. I'm not going to say my family, but they do live in the house. But um, dirty clothes was here, and glasses were sitting over there, and all this kind of stuff, you know. And the floors need to be swept, and everybody was there, and nobody would take care of it, you know. No, it was just a griping. The Lord spoke just as clear to me as, as if you had spoken. He said, if you would do what you do as unto me, you wouldn't have this problem of griping. You know, they say, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Well, we create the mood in the house most of the time because we're there. Or it used to be that we were there. Now the mother's gone more than the, the husband sometimes. But, um, but we need to be very careful that we labor in the Lord and that we are unmovable. And we're not this way today and this way tomorrow. That we are steadfast unmovable in our faith in the Lord, unmovable in our, our standing for God, unmovable in our testimony for the Lord, that we can abound in Him and our labor not in vain. You know, the, the greatest thing that I believe that would be able to be ever spoken to me is when I stand before the Lord and He says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I believe that's the most precious thing that I could ever, ever receive from anybody or anything at any time. And the Word talks about standing fast in the liberty in Galatians 5 and 1, that we've been set free. When we come to know Jesus, we've been set free. Every chain is, is loosed. Every, if the, the completeness of Christ is there. If paid it all on Calvary, it's there. Now, we, I, I, there's a lot of people that come to the... the altar and they're prayed over they're delivered but before they get back to their seat they've already received that right back because they've listened to the devil a lot of people are healed but before they get back the enemy will put a symptom and instead of speaking the report of the lord they will receive that symptom back 
it's not every time, but there's sometimes that it's there. But the enemy loves to rob you of what the Lord would have you to, to walk in. But he says to stand, for, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. When Jesus has made us free, stand fast and, and don't be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. The devil's wanting to get a rope around your neck. He's wanting to get a chain around your neck in any area. It may be in bringing jealousy to you. It may be having unforgiveness in your heart. It may be overeating. It may be too much caffeine. It may be whatever. And it's just that that's just... Uh, some people, uh, the RVers that used to come through and work, they said their RV rigs was, was made <laughs> to every Walmart just automatically pull in because their wives love Walmart so much. But uh, I said, well, that's an addiction that needs to be broken. <laughs> I didn't make very many friends with the girls for a while. But... Um, we, there's a lot of things, and, and when we think of bondage, we think of uh, drugs and alcohol and pornography and illicit sex and all this kind of stuff. Those are bondages, but there's other bondages. And when God has set us free, he doesn't want us to go back to him. He said, if you don't trust him, you'll be like the sow that returns to the, to the pit and the dog that returns to the vomit when we go back into the things that he has delivered us from. So he wants us to stand fast, to be diligent, to be diligent, filled with passion, following. You cannot go in two directions at one time. You, I've tried my best to figure out how I can make two people of myself, and I just can't do it. But when we're following Christ, we can't follow the devil. When we're following Christ, we can't follow the devil. When we're intensely in love with the Lord, it won't be, it won't be a hardship for us as we are physically able to stand and praise the Lord. In fact, when you begin to praise the Lord in the spirit realm, he takes care of the tiredness. He takes care of the pain. He takes care of everything because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I can remember days of working in the cafeteria when we had the outdoor camp meeting. It was not indoor. It was outdoor. And I had to finish cleaning up in the cafeteria, go home, change clothes, and get to the, the, uh, to the tabernacle in time to practice. My feet would be burning on the bottom, be absolutely burning. And I'd put on heels and I'd walk up, hey, how are you? Praise the Lord. So good to have you. Get up there and oh, just my feet just be burning so bad. And the Holy Spirit anoint me to dance before him. We had in and out carpet, on indoor and outdoor carpet on the stage. It's still there. And if you know anything about that, that's sort of rough on your bare feet. And I, I, had, I played the organ, so I took my shoes off. And when I began to dance before the Lord, my shoes were off my feet, and it would be on that old indoor-outdoor carpeting. Did you know it's not a time that I obeyed the Holy Spirit that my feet were just as as healed and as eased of pain because of the power of the anointing. I want you to know, if you will press in and press past everything that the enemies of the enemy would come at you to keep you out of the presence of the Lord, you can receive so much from him. But if you will pull back, as I asked you a while ago, in your relationship with him, a relationship with him is just like with a, a best friend or your spouse. 
you can either make that a, a good, intimate relationship or you can make it a miserable thing. You can make it either one. Or you can just live two people in a house going your separate ways. You can make it that way. But if we continue to follow after the Lord and push into him and receive that, it's just it's called the deep calls to the deep. The deep calls to the deep. The, the more you get into him, the more you hear from him, the more you see, seek after him, the more he comes into you, is the more you love him and the more you want him. It's the same way with, with being together as a husband and wife or as family units. You, you yearn to hear from them. You yearn to be with them. You learn, yearn to hear their voice. The Lord knows your voice. You say, well, there's many people on this earth that's calling out to the Lord. He don't need to hear mine. But he said, you know, I don't know. Have I heard Jane call my name today? Have I heard her say, I love you, Lord? Because he knows your voice. He created you. He created you, and he desires to have a relationship with you. There's many things that, that buy for our attention today. There's, you know, mothers want and dads want to have their children involved in so many things, and they're going here, and they're going there, and they're up here and up there. They're spending money here, and they're spending money there. They're not having time to have time around the table, around the table. When my kids came in from school, they were around my, my kitchen table doing their homework and talking about their school day, and I was preparing a meal. That was our time every afternoon. But now it's not there. It's not there. But the remedy to the competition for our, our, our attention, the Lord showed me that Sunday morning, the chaff. Do you know what chaff is in the Bible? C-H-A-F-F. -F. It's trash. Everything that would buy for our attention becomes as chaff. And the Holy Spirit will burn up the chaff. That's when I was speaking in, in my praise, the fire of the Holy Ghost, the fire of the Holy Ghost Sunday. I, he was showing me how the fire of the Holy Ghost as people would yield to the Holy Spirit. He would burn up everything that would buy for our attention, that our attention be solely on him. I know we have, to, we have to go to our jobs. We have to do things. Today, while I was trying to study, I had to go and do, and I had to go do this, and then I was working on new forms for this and new forms for that and all this kind of stuff. I had to do that. But my heart was in to the Word, into the Lord, listening, listening to what he had to say. What, and going back and making notes after I typed everything up. We, we have to. We, he knows that we have things that we have to do. He knows that. But he also wants us. He also wants us to have him first. And I tell you what, if you'll give God the first fruit of your day, the rest of your day will go better. When you give it to him and say, God, you know, this is what I think I need to do today, but you know what I have to do. And I don't want to let anything that I want to do hinder me from being used by you today. So many times we'll say, oh, I don't have time to talk to that person. Oh, Lord, don't let them know this, Neil. I've got, I've got, oh, I've got, oh, got to hurry up and do this. 
to all the time God's wanting us to minister to that individual. But when we do, he will make everything else, everything else work out. Revelation 3, 15 and 16, he says, I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I would that you was cold or hot. So then because you're lukewarm and neither hot or cold, he says, I will spew you out of my mouth. How many of you like to take up a cup of coffee and think it's hot and it's lukewarm? I want mine sipping hot. It's got to be almost boiling. We need to be ready for the coming of the Lord. Our bridegroom's coming. Our bridegroom's coming. I believe the only thing that's hindering Jesus from coming is the prayers of the saints for their unsaved loved ones. I fully believe that. Everything's in line. Everything's in order. There's armies lining up. There's uh, authority and governments that's lining up in line with what the Bible is saying. And I tell you what, I don't want to be here when, when he comes in, in the clouds. I don't want to be here after that. I don't want to go through the tribulation. We can go, but I want to be, I want to be hot and burning for the Lord. Jesus said, uh, as Jesus went away, when he went back to the Father, if you remember in the scripture, it talks about that when he ascended back to the Father, he went up in a cloud, and the disciples was looking like, oh, he's gone. And there was two angels that were standing there and says, why stand ye here, ye men of Galilee? Why stand ye here gazing? For the Son of Man will come back. As he ascended, he will descend, just as he did today. The first time he comes in the area of the second coming, he won't put his foot on this earth. He's going to come in the clouds, and he's going to call for his bride. He's going to call. Come away, my beloved. Come away. And if you've been lukewarm, and you haven't been hot and burning, will you hear? When you've been turning him off, when you've been turning him off, God, another time, Another time, will you hear? Will you hear him? Will you respond? Yes, Lord. In the twinkling of an eye, back your eye. Quicker than that, we'll be there in the presence of the Lord for the marriage supper of the Lamb. We all love to eat, don't we? The Bible says that the marriage supper of the Lamb is going to be seven years. Just as every time we meet together, the Lord loves us, he has a table set for us. He promised us, even in Psalms 23, that he would prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemy, not just in the church. He'll prepare, and it's up to us. How many, how many ladies in here like to prepare a big meal and lay it out and nobody's ready to eat? At my house, I said, well, I guess I better go give them another invitation to come. I can't stand it if my, my food that's supposed to be hot is not hot and my food that's supposed to be cold is not cold. I want to eat when it's ready, and then we'll go and do something else. But uh, that's just me. Maybe everybody else is not as honorary as I am.
Matthew 24 and 44 says, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man come. See, all over, we, when we went to Knoxville Monday afternoon, we got in there at 10.45, our time. But it was already 11.45 there. We'd lost an hour. But all around this world, there's different time zones. There'll be, you know, it talks about in the Bible, you know, two will be in the bed, two will be in the field, and two will be here, and two will be there. And if you just put it in our little time zone, it, one, it makes you wonder, well, what? But it's where the time zone is. When Jesus comes, Every eye will behold him that's looking for him. And we're going to go up to meet him. That's the glorious hope of the church. The glorious hope of the church. We know, don't know the day nor the hour, Matthew 25 and 13, wherein the Son of Man cometh. But John 4 and 8 gives us a mighty, mighty warning. It says, draw nigh to God. And what did it say? and he will draw nigh to you. Just acknowledge. When your honey comes in the door, you know, some people say, you know, when they come in the room. <gasps> but when they come in the door, there is that, you know they're there. And excitement comes because they're home. When the family comes in from out of town and they're here, oh, they're here. This is the same thing. If we draw nigh to God, acknowledge him, he's going to draw nigh to us. He's going to come near. If you'll take a step to him, I think he'll take two toward you. Because he's so, you know, he created you. He created me to worship him, to walk in devotion, in communion with him. And he wants us to do that every day. And that's the reason why he promises us. If we will come to him, he's going to come to us. And then it gives us warning. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. How many of you know that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways? If he doesn't have his mind fixed, if he doesn't have his heart fixed, he will be this away today and that away tomorrow. Unstable as a reed shaken in the wind. Just unstable back and forth. And he can't, his faith will not work because it's not established. And so it, it's, it's, it's very easy for us sometimes to, to be with the crowd that we're with, but just know that it will not cause any growth in the Lord and you'll wind up fall, falling off the fence because the fence belongs to the devil. Get away from the fence. I'm going to give you in, in the uh, finishing of this and it's time for me to quit, so I'll quit. But Smith Wigglesworth, I found this on the Facebook the other day. If you want to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the grace of God, listen to this. Get hungry enough to be fed. Get thirsty enough to cry out. Be broken enough that you do not want anything in the world unless he comes himself. Did you understand that? If you want to grow, do you want to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the grace of God? Do you want to know him? Then you get hungry enough to be fed. When you starve yourself of the things that's vying for your attention, the things that's wanting to pull you away, set yourself away from those things. Get hungry enough for, to be fed. Get thirsty enough to cry out to the Lord. Be broken enough that you don't want anything in the world 
unless he comes himself. That's the way we can grow in the Lord. That's a great way that we can come with diligence, walking in him. Not hot, not cold or lukewarm, but hot and burning for him. A burning desire, a burning passion. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you know the name, the hairs on the head of every one of these men and women that are sitting before me, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you know what words you had for this one and what words you had for that one. I thank you, Lord, that you, Lord, work in our spirit man. Father, I pray, God, that we take inventory of our lives tonight, God. I thank you, Father, that you move by your spirit in every heart and life. May we realize that our soul is the most important thing about us, O oh God, and that if we don't give it to you, that we will burn in hell for eternity. Help us to understand, Lord, that we're not just getting ready for today, but we're ready, getting ready and living for eternity by what we do today. And I pray, God, that you help us, Lord, to have our minds and our hearts fixed in you, established, our feet established, Lord. You said in Psalms 40 that you not only picked us up out of the miry clay and you set our feet on a rock, but you established our goings. And I thank you for the establishing and the, the securing of the blood of Jesus and the grace and the love of God. I thank you, my Father, for the saving grace of the Holy Lord today. I thank you, my Father. I thank you, my Father. And I pray, God, if there be one in this place, Lord, that's not ready to go, Lord, that they will come forward and allow the Holy Spirit to wash them clean by the blood of Jesus and reveal yourself to them, Father. I'm a firm believer that his people will come and to experience the love of God. The love of God. Oh, Lord, that they will never want to go away from you. They'll never want to partake of the things of the world. And I thank you, my Father, that you move by your Spirit in the name of Jesus. If we've been guilty, Lord, of half-heartedly serving you, coming into your presence lackadaisical without an earnest desire for you. Oh, God, forgive us today, and may we come, oh Lord, into that type of repentance before you today. I pray in the name of Jesus tonight. I thank you, Father. I thank you, my Father. I thank you, my Father. Is there anyone here that would like to be prayed over or would like to come and pray? These altars are open. There'll be people that will pray for you if you want prayer tonight. I invite you to come to the throne of grace. He will not shun us. He will not keep us away from him. He will pull us to his bosom. to beg you because I don't believe in begging people to do what he's told us to do.